Hello, I'm James Wrigley, Principal and Financial Advisor at Melbourne-based financial advice firm First Financial. On today's episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Philip Almeida uh, of Performance Property. Uh, Phil and the guys there have built an incredible business uh, around uh, purchasing property and rental management and a whole host of uh, associated services. Phil explains uh, at great length what they get up to. Uh, He also talks about uh, a business that he started with a group of friends over a beer a few years ago uh, that was turning into something much more than what they thought it would. It was potentially going to lead them down a path of having to quit their daytime jobs, which they weren't ready to do. So in the end, in, uh, so in the end, sold that business. I do hope you enjoy. Thanks. Back with another live uh, as last week caught up with Dan Gold. Uh, mortgage broker. This week, I've uh, asked Phil to come along. Phil, um, maybe we'll just start a couple of minutes. Um, who you are, what you do, what's the business here? We're sitting in your boardroom. Yep. So, um, so performance property advisory is the business. Um, we started the business six years ago. Um, we're very passionate about uh, making sure that we had a pretty uh, seamless data research division. So, we built our internal research platforms across the thirty top uh, population centres around the country. Mm. Um, And we found that a lot of our clients were just missing really good quality advice. Um, So we started obviously building building our clientele through the medical, uh, entrepreneurial, expat um, areas. And then through that, we actually started cultivating a great client base um, and then obviously looked after all their property advisory work, both residential and commercial. Um, we've got four main divisions of the business. I was going to say, every time I come here, there's, there's something new. Yeah, we're always to. on the go. We're <laughs> always about growth. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to grow too aggressively. Yeah. Um, and part of, you know, we, we did learn a lot in the initial stages of the business. You know, we started with originally four of us. Um, two of the guys came from a valuation background. Um, one of the guys came from a data science background. Yep. Um, and then you had me coming from a property advisory background, yep. working for a great mentor that has probably seen the last 46 years of, of the cycles moving through. So, so been doing it a while then. Yeah. So very much a counter-cyclical investor. And, and look, we followed, followed a lot of that modelling through. Um, but what we really needed um, was to make sure that we had the proper data to suggest where our clients should be buying, how much they should be paying for those particular assets. Um, and making sure that we weren't biased towards one particular market. Mm. Um, so from there, we we started performance property advisory. We then built pathway asset management, yeah. um, which was managing all of our clients' rental and uh, co- commercial properties, residential and commercial across Australia. Um, then we started the obviously performance data is is growing. Um, that's requiring a lot of internal investment. Where does that so the data say so? kind of big and building the data in the first place. Like where, where does it come from? Where do you? So we're analyzing about 16 different data sets, but okay. there's, a, there's a number of areas, you know, ABS, there's a number of groups that we're looking at and analyzing, and you've actually got to be able to interpret the data. Mm. The data's there, yeah. but it's how you portray and actually understand that data, and what, is, what does it actually mean? Yeah. Um, and each particular cap city, um, each particular, particular area has got a different drivers of value, but the macro drivers mm. are all you know, reasonably similar. Mm. Um, so if you can get your modelling right and the data suggests that this market's undervalued, um, we've got an opportunity to buy for our clients and generate some good uplift for them yep. in the short term to medium term. Um, portfolio advisory is really important as well. So reviewing their portfolios, yep. 
selling? I know, I know you've, yep. you've made yep. recommendations to sell. You don't often see that with property. Yeah, well, I think people, you know, they get into this concept concept of holding the asset long term, mm. and uh, and occasionally that's frustrated us because we've had clients that have come in, especially our medicos that have purchased three or four off the plan assets. You know, they've just chosen to hold it for the long term, but there might be an asset or two that they should be realizing. Mm. Um, so a lot of the fin planning sector, you know, everyone's advising in terms of what they should be doing with their stocks and equities. Yeah. But who's advising actually on their assets that they actually own, their property yeah. assets? True. Um, so we thought there was a gap there missing in the market. Um, we've created a business around making sure that our clients are getting great advice end to end. Um, and then in the last, obviously, 12 months as a result of the election, we were very concerned yeah. with our with our current client base, and um, so we built another division of the business called Buyerx. Okay, um, we invested very heavily in some prop tech behind that called um, AirOpens.com.au, um, which gave a home buyer probably a little bit more power um, rather than look at realestate.com and troll through all the listings. Mm. Um, we created a platform for a home buyer to to grade those particular homes that they're going through. Um, we offer the service free of charge. Um, but ultimately, we'll probably give home buyers an opportunity to make sure that they're going through the right assets and they're not wasting their time going through and looking at a listing online that may or may not suit their requirements. Um, but as a result of the elections, obviously, Liberals won again. Um, so look, it's probably been a little bit of a blessing in disguise um, that we built that part of the business. Um, and we've poached some really, really good operators and um, we've got some really good prop tech that we're building behind that. Um, that we want to grow. So how did that come about? Was that was that like the kind of the more home buying service rather than the investment buying service, the, the home buying service? Did that come about more from existing clients asking, hey, can you help me buy that upgrade a house? Or Correct. Where did it come from? We found that we, we didn't actually have the time to execute it in the, in the right way that yeah. we were obviously doing on the investment side. Obviously, we've got a lot of data and research to make sure we're grading their investments, but no one was grading their home buying assets. So... Mm. Um, we basically built out this as a result of we thought a lot of people were going to tie up their wealth within their residential homes as a result of labour yeah. getting in. Um, so we're looking at the worst case scenario. Um, our clients from our end, um, we saw the level of interest and demand for investment grade growth focused assets dwindling. Um, and then from there, we actually looked at saying, well, where is this market going to change? Where do we see it moving forward of if labour um, do get in? Yeah. And we're of the view that well, a lot of people are going to tie up their wealth in their homes. Mm. Um, so we built this business as a result of that, see planning for the worst case. We're of the view that people were going to naturally um, focus on income producing assets. Um, so we've invested very heavily in the, our commercial and industrial apartment in that advisory space. Mm -hmm. um, so people wanting yields of five to 7%, pretty consistent blue chip commercial and industrial property around the country. Um, so as a result of that, we've been able to create these two other businesses, um, and they're they're going quite quite well. Yeah. Um, we're operating out of the one and a half mil plus space in the home buying space, and we've started in Melbourne, Sydney, and Perth. Mm. Um, so that's going really well. Um, but as a result, our investor demand at the moment it's now it's picked up. <laughs> has picked up dramatically. Yeah. So we're yeah. um, we're very busy. Yeah. Um, but we've got to be careful we don't grow too aggressively um, because you need great a great team behind it building. How many out. people on the team now? Uh, so we started with, oh, look, uh, well, there were four of us originally. Mm -hmm. um, we've now got 54 staff okay. across the country. Yeah. 
Um, as a result of that, you know, we've, we've failed fast with a couple of our hires and um, we've learned how to hire properly in the right way. I think it's really important that you spend a lot of time in that initial stages rather than rushing into and hiring someone. Um, so we did make a, a few mistakes when we originally started the business. Um, we think without our team, you know, we've actually been able to support them and they've supported us and we want to get behind them in terms of getting the right process, the training, making sure that they're investing themselves. So we're very passionate around making sure that we're looking after our team. Um, we go after the RMIT, the Melbourne Uni graduates. They've got an economics. Straight out of uni. Straight out of uni. Yeah. Um, no, and we train them from the ground up. And yeah. they've been absolutely amazing yeah. um, for our business. So without them, we wouldn't have been able to create the business that we have today. So we go go back a bit. And so what what made you get into setting up your own business in the first place? So you, so you were working for someone else initially. Yep. Were you always working in property or where, where's what's the yeah. career journey been like? Yeah, so it's probably been, um, we originally started uh, probably working for a mentor of mine that um, had started, he was previously a stockbroker. Yeah. Um, and he's been, he was working in the equities and property advisory space back in the 60s. Yeah. Um, and then he started concentrating on the property buying side and obviously did quite well. So um, when I, was, I finished my studies initially as a graduate, I studied and looked at all the really good operators out there and he had a very much a counter-cyclical focus. Um, and then since then, the, the problem with that mentor is that the, the research side was probably missing. It was probably a lot of, of gut feel and fantastic operator, mm. but we want to build the research platforms, the data, um, and there was probably a really big missing link that we found that there were a lot of these people out there maybe using some of our competitors that weren't getting proper research and data. So if you can build that data platform and build it well, um, I think your investment decision making and your risk profile um, in terms of making sure they're making the right decisions, um, we're pushing that in the right direction. So we're very passionate uh, about that. And we got some really good operators behind that. Uh, and then through that, we've been able to create the initial stages of the business. And when we first started, we didn't actually know what we were doing. Yeah. Uh, we invested very heavily in our research. It wasn't generating a profit, but we needed the research to make sure that we're making the right calls yeah. across the country. Is it the first business you've operated yourself? I had another couple of side business, very uh, that uh, couple with a couple of friends in yeah. terms of um, oh, look, all different types of always very keen to kind of grow yeah. the business regardless of what it is. Um, and we ended up selling that uh, yeah. with a couple of mates from the country, which yeah. was which was great. Um, and that was probably in the kind of IT um, space, which was, yeah, which was very much a learning curve, but it, it required a 100% of your commitment to actually really grow the business. Yeah. Um, so I'm always thinking about other opportunities out there and. Yeah. Um, and I think probably the transition for us is is possibly a fund um, that we're looking at doing down the track. Launch a property fund. Yeah, correct. Oh, yeah. Um, the PPA fund of some sort, whether mm. it's commercial or, or residential, we've mm. got to get through the land tax issues on, <laughs> on the rest side. Maybe you might be able to assist us yeah. in that space. We'll find someone that can. Uh, but look, that's probably the next transition. We've got a, a great track record of getting great outcomes. Um, but how do we possibly commercialise that into a fund maybe down the track long term? Yep. So just the, the business that you sold, I'm always I'm always interested to find out how that happened. Yep. Like I was talking to uh, Dan last week, and he just got a call on a Sunday out of the blue. Someone was interested. Like, how did 
how did you sell your business? Uh, so the original business, so the, the actual business was actually there was a, so your, your headphones that you use, yeah. uh, we're at the footy one day watching the footy and, uh, you know, you've got two people sitting next to each other, uh, but only one of you is, is listening. So how do we create a concept where two people can listen? So um, we created a business called Duo Buds. Mm. Um, we ended up obviously distributing to Target and a lot of the retail stores across Australia. Um, through our networks, we were fairly close in with the guys at JB Hi-Fi as well. Yeah. Um, so we were able to get throughout the stores nationally, but it was growing at such a point that we either had to quit our jobs. <laughs> oh, uh, this was on the side, it wasn't? Yeah, correct. Yeah, it was on the side. Job. Um, yeah. So we, we created this and we ended up obviously exiting out of the asset. Um, and one of the creators of Team App that's created an app for some sporting clubs ended up buying that particular business. Okay. Um, so we all sold out and we reinvested those funds into our own personal property portfolios. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, three guys from the country having a beer and uh, yeah. and talking through it. So it was... It was the best ideas come about. Well, that's correct. <laughs> well, well, that's how we created this business, just over a beer with um, with David, Michael and Heath. And we saw each other's skill set and we yeah. said, well, look, I think we've really got capacity. Um, one of the things that pushed me into doing this is probably doing my master's and actually getting yourself to, and, and giving you that confidence that you actually can do it yourself. Mm. Um, I was very loyal to my old mentor, but I think it got to a stage where you had to, you know, in life, I think you, you do have to take risks and give it a go. And so you, you spoke about uh, kind of learning some lessons and firing fast. Yep. Uh, anything else you've learned or if you could go back and tell yourself four or five years ago, do this instead of that? Yeah, I think probably uh, in terms of growing, we're all, you know, we're reasonably young, yeah. you know, very much risk takers in terms of growing the business. But at the same time, you know, our knowledge base in terms of how to run a business wasn't great. Mm. Um, we were great at dealing with clients and getting great outcomes on the property side, but actually managing a business, you know, the business grew from three to 15 in a very short period. Yeah. Things were fantastic. We didn't have any issues, had a great culture. Um, but once you, you have one bad hire, it filters into the whole culture of the entire business. Mm -hmm. Um, and we had a couple of questionable hires um, that we we probably let them go. Um, we probably should have got to a point where we should have made a call a lot sooner. Yep. That created a you know a questionable culture at the time. So um, if I could tell myself back then, it's rather than be too nice. You know, I think you do have to be got to be the boss at some point. You got to be a boss. You've got to have a bit of mongrel in you. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't, um, it's your business at the end of the day. Um, you know, you're here to support, you know, you're supporting and you've got a great team behind you. And with one or two bad highs, it can just create this really bad flow into your business. So mm. never my time again, probably we would have grown a little bit, you know, slower. Mm. I think that would have been because our overheads are increasing. Yeah. And what about support? So you go from like three to 15, you can probably manage yep. some type of support structure. Yep. Similar, three to 15, but then you go from 15 to 54. Look, the, the most challenging part of our business probably four or five years ago is, is going from that 15 to 30. Yeah. You know, there, there are issues such as, you know, your, your contract reviews, your, your human, your HR, you know, HR, you know, your personality differences. We, we learnt a lot. And I think if you, you hire well and you hire great team members, they are the biggest supporters. So it's it's quality of making sure that they feel supported within the business. We get them investing, we get them excited about making sure 
all of our advisors can't advise our clients um, until they actually have their own investments themselves. Yeah, yeah. We want to create a pathway for them where they're living and breathing. That's a good idea. Um, and they understand the business well. So when they're talking to a client, they're going through the same things that our clients are experiencing. And it's not all rosy. Everyone thinks that everyone can make generate these serious returns out of property. But if you're not prepared for the worst, you're not managing your cash flow, you don't have your, your cash buffers in place. Um, like a fin planner, like you guys do for your clients, we want to create the same sort of the strategy piece on that side, on their property buying. And so uh, you, you touched on looking forward, but I guess my final question to you: If we're sitting here in three years' time, uh, what will you want to have, have? What will you want to have had happen over that time for it to have been a been a good three years? Uh, well, three years, or we'll get some, you know, in terms of we don't we're not particularly keen on growing too much more than this. I okay. think we're really happy with the team that we've got. Yeah. Um, building um, the commercial side of the business is something that really really interests us. Um, so having a commercial fund in place. Um, to be able to make sure that we're giving our clients access to that income growth and good quality commercial property. Um, getting some great outcomes in terms of seeing our, our staff and our team growing individually um, and seeing the promotion of the, the young guys and girls coming through. So seeing some great outcomes there. So we want to drive them as a team. Um, making sure that our management, our property management and PM space is growing. Um, we've grown it from zero to a thousand in say four years since we've grown that. So the rentals. The, yeah. the rental management yeah. across Australia. Um, so we're very passionate about building the the PM side of the business as well. Um, and perhaps maybe coming up with a, a residential fund if we can work out how we can get through our land tax issues yeah. um, would be fantastic yeah. as well. Just to start talking to some people. Yeah, correct. Well, you yeah. can you can introduce I'll be able us to introduce it. you to some people that might be able to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. correct. Um, yeah. So look, we're very passionate about it. We want to grow it. Um, but at the same time, you, you don't want to grow too quickly. Hmm. Yeah, good. Okay. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, James. Thanks for joining me. Cheers.